Good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike Katarn to welcome you here to North Star. As we come, as, as we've said, right down towards Christmas, week three of our series called Home. So I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit, then we'll talk a little bit. John chapter one, John chapter one, verse nine is where we're gonna be today. If you have your North Star app, that is by far and away the easiest way to follow along at North Star Church, Georgia, in the App Store. Maybe you got a little note sheet on the way in. It's got a little QR code on it. You can do that as well to get to the notes. Also today, if you would take out this little card uh, and keep it handy. It's a little connection card. I know your host have told you about that. It has uh, all your information, but maybe today you make a decision. You need to tell us something, communicate something. You can do that. You can also go to northstarchurch.org slash connect. There's a QR code that they can pop up. You can have that handy and we can communicate back and forth. Christmas is almost here. Can you believe the weather feels like Christmas? We just need to take a vote. How many of y'all are totally okay if it starts getting warm like Christmas Day at one o'clock and we get back to the 70s and 80s? Can we take a vote on that? Are we good with that? I mean, this is, I'm about done with this weather. I feel like I'm sleepless in Seattle is what I feel like. It's this terrible weather. But anyways, we're really glad you are here today. You know, week one in this series, we talked about what it means that we've all wandered away. It's not me, it's not just you, we've all wandered away. Week two, Jesus laid out in John 14, six, he is the only way home, but when you get home, there's some blessings with being home. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together, John chapter one. So let's, let's set a framework, because if you don't get this part, the rest of it won't make sense. Um, John was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. The Bible says he was the disciple whom Jesus loved the most. John wrote that about himself, but anyways, that's who he did, but it's in there. All right, it's in the Bible. John was the one at the cross. He's the only disciple we know that was at the cross that day. There could have been others scattered about, but we know John is referenced, and we also know that Jesus, from the cross, looked down at John and said, son, behold your mother, and mother, behold your son. So this is the importance of John. John is also the only gospel, remember it was written for the Jews to come to know Christ. It's the only gospel that really doesn't get into the story of the birth at Bethlehem. Right, Luke gives you the genealogy. Matthew tells you all about it. John and Mark don't tell it. Mark sort of just gets into the story of the gospel. John goes pre-Bethlehem. So this is before Bethlehem was. He talks about the word. So when we read the word, he's talking about Jesus, all right? John 1 Verse nine, let's dive in. If at any point I'm saying something you're not reading or seeing up on the screen, if you're in the chapel, theater, watch it online or in the room, just, just look up because we're gonna talk. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. So John goes, the creator, 
Jesus, who was with his Father on the day of creation, came to the world he created. He put skin on, and literally this is what it means. If you went in and started digging around in it, it meant he came home. He came home to his creation, and the creation said, yeah, we're not interested. So it's really interesting how he says this. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become the what? What's the next word? Of God. And there's a big privilege in that. We're gonna talk about that. They are reborn not with physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Literally, it's, it's the story of Nicodemus. Right, when he came to Jesus in John 3, he tells the story of Nicodemus, this, this sage ruler of the Jewish community who came to Jesus by night, and he said, you must be born again. You must experience a rebirth. Verse 14, Christmas in one verse. The story of Christmas in one verse. So the word, and the word stands for who? Jesus. You, you can say it confidently, all right? So, so the word stands for who? All right, you're always like, Jesus is never a wrong answer in church, all right, by the way. So just go with it. If it doesn't work, we'll, we'll correct you. Here we go. So Jesus, the word, became human, and he made his home among us. He pitched a tent here. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we, John writes, have seen his glory, the glory of the one, of the, the glory of the fathers, one and only son. Would you pray with me? Would you make your prayer today this? Father, may I see, just pray this in your heart, what Jesus came for. Father, may I see what Jesus came for. God, we ask your Holy Spirit to speak and touch lives today. And it's in that son's name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Before you're seated, find two people around you, introduce yourself, and tell them if you're done Christmas shopping yet. All right, do that real quick. All right, a little self-confession time. How many of y'all are totally done with your shopping, like you're done? Raise your hand. How many of y'all have not even started yet? All right, I have one person to shop for. We did my family's party, Anna did all the shopping. They were all getting, they came up and they said, thank you for the gift. I'm like, you are so welcome, what'd you get? All right, and so that's it. Anna did all our shopping, she did all her family shopping, she did all our kids shopping. The kids, don't, they know now, they don't even look. I have one person to shop for, and I've bought one thing it's terrible. I am terrible. I'm a bad person. I'm very sorry, Ann. But anyway, so here we go. This story is a pretty tragic story in some ways that the creator would come to his creation and the creation would reject. That's a pretty sad story. It's like the one who just shows up and they know not of them. It, it was a Friday, I, I was in Fayetteville, had to go down to Fayetteville for something, and I drove by my old house that 
from 73 to 2017 my parents lived in. Well, there's new owners of the house. If I walked up and I know where the key is, I guarantee you they have not found. It's still under the deck, all right, back there, and there's a little hook under the back because I always forget stuff. And so I find that key and go in the house. Well, I get arrested. Why? It's not my house anymore. They would reject even though former owners of the old house were present. Does that make sense? The, the world rejected what he had, but really it's more than a rejection. It's an acceptance that God has for people. It's sort of a crazy story in this. When Jesus came into the world, it changed everything. Number one, ready? Maybe this will help you. He gave us a new choice. He gave us a new choice. He came into the very world created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed, him and accepted him. So there's a choice. You could choose to believe or you could choose to reject. I want you to write down under number one, the power of choice. God loves you enough to give you the ability to choose. Yes or no? Could God have made this something you didn't have a choice in? Yes or no? Yes, he didn't. He loved you enough to give you the power to choose if you're gonna believe or if you're not gonna believe. Um, Thursday, I think it was, I had a gentleman come in and he is part of an organization, a Messianic Jewish organization here in Atlanta called God's Chosen People and he was talking about his passion as a, as a Jewish believer to help other non-Jewish believers come to know Jesus, right? That's why, that's what he's doing and that's what his passion is. He gave us a choice. It's the power to choose. I can say no, not interested, not my gig, not my deal, sort of I'm backing away from that. Or I can choose to believe. But here's what choosing to believe means. I want you to write this down and, and we're gonna sit on it just for a second. It means surrender, right? We surrender our old way of life. We surrender our stories and our plans. We take our hands off the steering wheel and go, God, you're in charge and I'm not. You are, you are, you are driving, I'm not, I'm not in charge anymore. This is, my life is now yours, it's surrender. And everyone who comes and makes the choice of Jesus chooses surrender. They choose it, they go, man, God, and it, you can't come any other way but surrender. But it's a choice. It's a new choice. Because of what Jesus came to do, he gives us that choice of what we're gonna do with him. But look at number two. He gives us a new identity. Not only do we get a new choice, but if you said yes to him, you get an, a new identity. You get a brand new story. Look at the way John said it. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become, we said it earlier, the what of God? The children. So let me tell you how this worked. Back then, when you were adopted into a family, the minute the adoption was executed, you had all rights and privileges of the children of that family at the minute of adoption. 
That's what every person that lived back then when this was written, that's what they understood. So when John says, you have been given the rights to become the children of God, all rights and privileges of the Father are now yours. All the things for his children, whether you deserve them or not, are yours. It's a powerful point. We have two, two children. They were born at Kennestone Hospital, right down here uh, in Marietta, both of them, and we brought them home. They were our biological. We didn't get to go through the nursery and go, which one of those boys is left-handed? I need a left-hander, right? And so I didn't get a choice. I got, I got, I got what I got. Right, I mean, I love our kids. That sounds terrible, but anyway, so y'all know what I'm saying. But they sent them home. They, sorry about that. But they sent them home with us. We didn't get a choice. They were ours. But when someone adopts, they get to choose. Long before you knew who he was, I want everybody to look at me. He knew who you were, and he changes our identity. We were wayward. We are found. We were lost. We are home. And you are now his. You're his property. I was in my office early this morning. Just thinking about the day. I mean, we've been sitting on this. Gosh, this was, the, the text of this was written a couple weeks ago and Sat on it all week, worked through it all week, sent him off this morning. I remembered a story. I'm going to write a little quote down, and I'm going to unpack it. Ready? Here's the quote. Ownership determines identity and purpose. Ownership determines identity and purpose. When our kids were growing up, I went to see some bad kid movies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you're in the theater going, they owe me money for sitting through this movie. Y'all, did y'all do any of those? The worst one, the worst one ever was the Pokemon movie. I'm sorry if that's your favorite, but I remember sitting there going, I have a education, and I am sitting there watching this movie and giving them my money. It was terrible. And I remember going sound asleep. I remember Casey was like, Dad, it's over, let's go, all right? And so it was terrible. It was a terrible movie. But there was one movie that I think I liked more than the kids liked it, and it was Toy Story. Y'all remember Toy Story? Loved, loved Toy Story, loved it. I cried every time at Toy Story, all right? I cried at Publix commercials at Christmas. Those are really good. But anyway, so I love Toy Story. It was so good. And it's Woody, Buzz Lightyear. Y'all, y'all remember, if you hadn't, I'm not trying to be a spoiler alert, but anyway, so at one point in the movie, Buzz, the space ranger, Tom Hanks' voice, learns he's not really a space ranger, and he really can't do incredible things, that he's just a toy. He's just a toy. He's just a misfit bottom of the toy box, toy. And Woody says these words to him. Over in that house is a kid who thinks you're the greatest. And it's not because you're a space ranger, pal. 
It's because you're a toy and you're his toy. And Buzz picks up his boot, and this is written on the bottom of Buzz's boot, Andy. The day you came to know Jesus, God's inscription was written on your heart, and you're just not a misfit toy. You've been given a brand new identity. As Woody would say to Buzz, pal. All right, you've been given a brand new identity with a brand, ownership determines identity and purpose. Number three, he gives us a new nature. A change of our desires. We're born in this world with a sin nature and we are reborn with a new purpose, a new plan, not with physical birth, human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. He changes us, and I want you to write this down. He changes us from the inside out. He remakes your nature, same person, but he changes what's important to you. He changes what your drive is. He changes how you look at life. He changes why you get up in the morning. And I love how Paul said it in Romans. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the writer of that was a person who was reborn and God changed everything with Saul. We were at a, a family Christmas party yesterday, and for any of you that know this, Nancy Grace, who's on Crime Online, she's been on doing law stuff, that's my sister-in-law. So Nancy pulls me aside, Anna, we're just standing there yesterday, she goes, I got a problem. And I said, what? She goes, Paul's got quite a rap sheet, all right? And so he really does, right? He does, he's got a crazy background. But what's the difference? He was reborn with a new purpose. Number four, he gives us a new love. He gives us a new love. The word became human. He made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. I want you to write this down and we're gonna, we're gonna Sit on this. He loves me because he wants to, not because he has to. You guys are amazing people. I love you because you got up to come this morning. I love you for more than that. You're great people. But you got here. I appreciate that. It's always more fun when people are in the rooms than when the rooms are empty. I know about this much about each of you. He knows everything about each of you. He knows your old nature and your old side. And that side we will spend years hiding from people. He knows it. And he loves us anyways. It's crazy still. So let's, let's just be honest. Could God get his work done without us? Yes or no? He could. 
Help me out real quick. Could he get his work done without us, yes or no? He just chooses to use us anyways. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I can't fathom it. He gives us a new love, his love. He takes up residence in our heart and all of a sudden our love goes from just us and taking care of us to others, to serving and giving and helping and That's what it's like to come home. That's part of your new nature. It gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And he welcomes you home. You're his. He is yours. Your picture's on his fridge. And your life is on his heart. I think it's so easy at Christmas to just get caught up in the stuff. I mean, just almost you find yourself going, is it over yet? I mean, are we done yet? I don't know if y'all have gotten to that point yet. And you're like, shame on you. You ain't even shopped yet. I know. All right, it's terrible. This is why he came. When John wrote those words, he wrote us in the story. He knew him. He saw him. He watched him. And he penned these words to tell us the story of him. Pray we never get over that story. Would you pray with me? First question. You know him. His name's on your heart, not your foot. Are you living out that new purpose he created you for? Do you sit and let the Lord speak to you about that? He's got so much more for you. Maybe, just maybe, you walked in this room this morning, compass, the chapel, the theater. You tuned in from somewhere this morning and you go, Mike, I have never been adopted into his family, but I want to. Remember what I said, it begins with surrender. When I say I can't, God, you can. Right where you are today, from whatever spot you're listening from today, would you just say to him, would you step out of heaven and step in my heart? and be my savior. Would you just tell him that? And maybe the story of Christmas 2023 for you is you found the blessings of home. 
God, we settle into you today. Would you just take a second in all of our rooms? We've got plenty of time. We're not in a hurry. So let the Holy Spirit just speak over your lives. We prayed for him too earlier. Would you let him do that?